you can do it, baby. I love you so much. And she, and just bad news, bad things are happening. Uh, uh, Mom, I'm sorry. Uh, Mom, I didn't do it. Uh, uh, uh. Goodbye, Mom. No, oh, what am I saying? What, this? <laughs> it's nothing. <laughs> really, it's, uh, it's nothing, Ned. <laughs> it's just, uh, <clears throat> it's just vocal minority with Nick and Steve. We're about ready to get this bitch started. We are. It's really going to happen. Yeah, it's time. We need to do it to save the world. I don't know if we're ready. I don't think I can do it. I'm about to get real angry. We need to start the show. I put all my faith in your offering. Give me a countdown, please. You heard him, Samuel. Do it now. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. We found the groove. Have a good time. Make sure your seatbelts are fastened. Okay, you little bastards. The time has come. The moment we've all been waiting for. It's the vocal minority with Nick and Steve Alabruski. Let's go. Let's go, ladies and gents. Welcome to the podcast. I tell you what, it gets a little exhausting trying to save the world each and every day. Uh, it's to your benefit, though. You've tuned in for it. Thanks for joining the vocal yep. minority. Yeah, uh, we are here to save the world, which is why we're all dressed like Clark Kent today. <laughs> That's funny. Let me uh, lens craft with all our black rim glasses. <laughs> <Yeah. now. laughs> that's just called AARP ad, dude. I mean, that's what that's called. An oldie but goodie. Yo. Yeah. Find us on the website, thevocalminority.net. We declined the option to get the vocalminority.kids that was offered to us. Yeah, and I haven't turned back on the uh, decision. I still feel like we made the right choice, right? Right. Uh, any website that ends in .kids, I would just stay the hell away from. You're on an FBI watch list uh, right off the bat there. So Yeah, that's probably truth. Uh, welcome to the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve Olabruski. How you holding up today, Big Brewski? Doing all right, thanks. How you guys doing? I'm going to give today, uh, I'm, a, I'm at an eight today. Oh, nice. Very good. That's pretty good, good, right? I don't have a lot of eights, so yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Your crystal blue eyes are shining through today, too. Yes, they sure are. Those of you not watching this on YouTube or the uh, socials, yeah, the black rim glasses are in full effect, and the crystal blues are shining. Wow. I mean, mean, seriously, look, do you see it? I know. Yeah, I'm getting a little (laughs) horny looking at them myself, dude. I don't know if it's the blue shirt you're wearing that brings it out, but. Yeah, maybe so. Well, you look doable. That's all I'm saying. I may be looking blue, but I'm not feeling blue. And I hope you are all in the same place. The podcast is ready to begin. Need to know news. News you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's. Uh, I know we've got some politics to get to today, but let's uh, balance this out a tad. I want to talk football for a moment here. Sure. Uh, first of all, NFL action. So do we have uh, predictions on uh, NFC, AFC championships coming up this week? I, I, I'm bizarrely, I'm pulling for the Chiefs to win just because I want Taylor Swift to show up at the Super Bowl so I can watch the world freak out over how much attention she'll get. If you know she will. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you saw the meme, but uh, the game last 
uh, not this, uh, yeah, two weeks ago, the game. She's at the game, and it's when the whole country was experiencing uh, sub-zero temps, you know? Yeah. And there's a picture of her, like, looking out of the oh, window the, at the booth. Yeah, it's all frosted up the glass. And it's just, like, frozen. I mean, she looks like uh, Neanderthal in there. It's real funny. <laughs> yeah, well, so what do we got? The Ravens and the Chiefs and the Lions and the 49ers playing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can tell you right now what I would like. Yeah. Mm. Is I want the Lions in the Super Bowl because mm. I want the Lions to win the whole damn thing. You do uh, only do. because you feel so bad for them, or no, 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 no. First of all, the the Ravens are public enemy number one B to Patriots fans. One uh, <laughs> yeah. A would be the Jets. Uh, you know, I'm just sick of the Taylor Swift thing. But then I'm also now I'm sick of Jason Kelsey, not Travis Kelsey. Yeah. who plays for the Chiefs, but his brother, who's now retired from the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. And I don't appreciate that we have to compete with their podcast. That's what I don't appreciate. Uh, yeah. Well, what is, <laughs> Tra- is he out talking shit, the retired boy? I don't even know who he no, is. He was, he was, he was at the, he, he's the center for the, he played center for the Eagles. And he was at the game yesterday with his shirt off behind Brittany and <laughs> Brittany. Yes. Mahomes and Taylor Swift, no shirt on, chugging a beer. And he looked like uh, the machine. Who's Tom Segura's partner? Yeah, Bert Kreischer. Bert Kreischer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he looked like Bert with his big, you know, I mean, he's a little more muscular than Bert, I guess, but he looked very similar to him. Yeah, up at the stand exactly. with the shirt off. Yeah, Bert does it for, uh, you know, to be ironic, but uh, this guy, I mean, anyone who's chugging a beer with their shirt off is right. just equals douchebag. I, I was telling my son that when we were at Supercross last time. I said, anytime you see a guy at a sporting event with a shirt off, stay away. That's yeah, the crazy right. one. Don't yeah, there's <laughs> going to be a, a final breakout soon. Somewhere. Right. So anyway, I, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for the Lions to win. Do I you realize Nick and I were in high school the last time the Lions won a playoffs game? Yes, Fun I do. fact. 1991. <laughs> yeah, you and I were in high school the last time the Lions won a playoff game. We and were freshmen in high school, dude. Yeah, no, they didn't get into the Super Bowl by any means, but they just won a playoff game. So, yeah. you know, here we are well, 30 years later. They, the last time they won an actual NFL championship, this is pre-Super Bowl era, that would yeah. have been 1957. Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. Yes, so, yes. yeah, Lions going against 49ers, and obviously my son has become a huge 49ers fan. So It's been since the helmets had face guards on them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's a long time ago. Yeah. So I told my son, like, I don't know. The Lions are really good at losing, so I don't know if you should be sweating them against the Niners. But uh, I, I would say that momentum is kind of on the Lions' side. Like, they're all fired up to do this. So Yeah. Uh, I, I'm always voting uh, mainly for an underdog, so I'll take the Lions. So Lions and who? Who's the underdog on the other side? The Chiefs, technically? Probably. Listen, I would like to see the Chiefs in it, just because of what I said. I want to see the spectacle sure. of everyone freaking out about Taylor Swift, but I kind of think the Ravens are going to win that game. And then, you know, it's tough. The Niners and the Lions. Like I said, there's a little hometown you know, momentum that I want to see the Lions get there, but I think the Niners are, I mean, technically they're the better team, ranking-wise, but I think they're the better team, but I don't know. That's going to be a good well, one. My, my son said that if anyone's going to beat the Niners, he wants it to be the Lions, so... Well, I will tell you, I will say this. Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the Niners. Yes, and uh, my son's new best friend. I was going to say who your son met. <laughs> right. I, my I son got a picture with Kyle Shanahan. 
It's yeah. crazy, dude. And the way it happened, tell us how it happened, because that's yeah, a crazy story, happen? too, dude. Yeah, I assume they were at like some fan fest or something, but it's not at all. They were in the stadium, and my firstborn, uh, Crosby's older sibling, Neo, saw Shanahan going from some VIP suite, like heading towards the, you know, backstage or locker rooms or whatever. And Neo went and yelled at him, like, hey, you know, Shanahan, Shanahan, come over. You've got to take a picture of <laughs> my brother. Like, like Neo tracked him down and, you know, made him like, and apparently he was super nice. And That's bold, though. That's a bold choice. And yeah. uh, it's cool that he was so nice. And I'm surprised he didn't get mobbed by everyone else. But he apparently well, talked across for a little bit and they took pictures. Like, really nice so, guy as they're about to go play a game. I mean, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't seen Neo since you guys lived in north of Seattle. So it's been yeah. a long time, obviously, right? <laughs> when they were one, yeah, yeah, it's been a long <laughs> yeah exactly. So, so here's so here's the question: Is her is it, is this out of character, or is this something that you would expect Neo to, to do? Like, be that yeah, bold right. and 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 make that sort of. It's funny gesture. because you know Neo's a huge theater fan, and after any theater production, they have this. They have a line afterwards when all the actors come out of the dressing room and you can line up and try to shake hands or get an autograph. Neil always shies away from that. She does not want to be, you know, verbose and get in these actors' faces. But at the football game, you know, she apparently was all for it and they just, yeah, went running right over the coach. And that's 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 hero. good. That's good. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I've got a sports story here that has started this train of thought here that I don't know. I want to call bullshit on this story because I, I just don't buy it. But let me get your guys's two cents on it all right all right okay uh matthew stafford was the uh, quarterback for the uh, lions for mm-hmm. multiple seasons right like 10 or 12 seasons or something exactly yes yeah and then he got traded to the chargers correct rams the rams the rams la rams right okay yeah. so the lions just played the rams like two games ago to get in it was either the first round of the playoffs or was it the end of the season you tell no, me no it was it was it was the first round of the playoffs they played that that was their first their first draw was right. against the rams yes okay so matthew stafford used to play for the lions now he plays for the rams so they had this big playoff game together and it was in detroit yes. and when stafford came out of the field he got booed which i don't know i don't think it's totally shocking no. a lot of people in detroit think that you know we helped raise you up and then you left us and sure you know and he won a super bowl right when he went to the rams he did, yes. Right. So they're all a little bitter and pissed off at Stafford. So they were booing at him, which, you know, that's fine. But here's the article that I read that it's, I, I just called baloney on this. Uh, Matthew Stafford's wife says that the Lions fans booed her and their kids and made them leave the game in tears. The wife of NFL it. player Matthew Stafford says that uh, she and her four children, three, five, and six years old, uh, twins, so both or six, uh, were booed from the sidelines before the Lions and uh, Rams game uh, a week or two back. Uh, she says Hunter started crying on the field. And she said, listen, everybody, uh, this is the fans at their loudest. But I will say one thing. Uh, we're not playing the game. My girls and I are not playing the game. I know my girls are not getting booed. I am. I can handle it. But when I have my kids next to me, there's something to be said like maybe not. And then she told her kids, they're booing mommy. They're not booing you guys. I call bullshit that she was sitting on the sidelines and that almost anyone in that stadium knew who she was, let alone was somehow singling her out and booing at them. Like, that just seems implausible to me. She, she would have only been, been on the sideline pregame, not during the game itself. Right. So during, the, during the pregame, the, obviously there's, there aren't as many people in the stadium. So, you know, you can hear 
people saying things a little bit that might be directed to you a little easier than during the game. During the game itself, she would be in a suite. She wouldn't be in regular seats or anything like that there. I just think it's a big assumption that these fans knew who she was and decided to take it out on her. Like Maybe they yelled her name. I don't think hey. she's that famous. <laughs> you, know? well, you, you know who who uh, your quarterback's wife or girlfriend is. You absolutely know. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, though, if I saw any NFL player, if I saw any Supercross rider, I wouldn't have any clue who their wife is. You Let alone would be such an a-hole that I would be booing at them. I mean, First, uh, that I agree with Brewski in the fact that, uh, I mean, Rachel knows that kind of stuff. She's at sports games, you know, like uh, there's a, a, a variety of people who do know who she is, and I don't doubt for a second the people of Detroit booed her. And I and I, if we're going off your logic harness, uh, you know she's open up. She's a public figure, dude. It doesn't matter that you're the wife of, you know, uh, she's a public figure. She's got to take the abuse, right? Well, yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm I'm just saying it's presumptuous. I I just don't buy that they knew who she was and decided to boo her so intently that her and the children were crying on the sideline because these fans are coming after us. I think they were booing him out on the field doing warm ups or whatever, and she just because she wants to be the center of attention, took the booze onto her and then decided to tell her kids, like, they're booing at mommy. They're not booing at you. I don't think they're booing at anyone except the guy on the field, Nate Stafford. I think they'll Matt, boo at her, dude. Matt Stafford. <laughs> well, so, he, so here's the thing. I, I've been to a lot of games, and I will tell you, you can hear some of the oh, most no, awful, no, awful no, things no, that you can actually no, uh, here, directed at, at athletes. Absolutely. Yeah. At you athletes, know? yes. And I see athletes but, but, get pissed but, off and go on the stands. No, no, no. But, but here's the other thing. Here's the other part I was going to tell you. Everyone knows who Tom Brady's ex-wife is. Yeah, because she's famous in her own right. But, I and don't those think Stafford's wife is anywhere near famous enough. That but, but, if you're, but if you're a Lions fan, though, like I said, you know who... Who she's married to. So, Nick, you feel if I gave you a lineup of your quarterbacks, you know, if I showed you 10 women, you would be able to pick out who but the Seahawks' quarterback's I, wife is? I'd be able to, to uh, pick out a few of them, but I guarantee you that Rachel would be able to tip uh, most all of them off. Interesting. Yeah. But well, the apparently, Detroit Lions fans are big a-holes because <laughs> I guess they knew who she was and decided to boo her. Detroit, dude. They're loud. You're loud mouth in Detroit, dude. I mean, you guys are loud, obnoxious people. You think so, though? I mean, Midwesterners, aren't they supposed to be nice, mellow people? Uh, Well, I mean, let's think about Green Bay, dude. I mean, they're nice, logical people until they get drunk and their sports team is losing. <laughs> you know, then that all goes out the window. Listen, Jeez. here's my point. Is a Hoplon Trophy wife ever want to make herself the center of attention, make herself the story? Because sure. I think that's what's going on here. That's that's just my two cents. So. All right. Well, you gave two. Brewski gave three, and I gave one. So, what does that mean? All right, Nick, you're brilliant. I'm wrong. All right, someone mark it down. I was wrong. This is Need to Know News. News you need to know. Where's Nick? I'm coming, dude. Relax a little bit here. Nice uh, for you, I tell you. <laughs> he does. He's always looking for me, dude. That was making me laugh when you play that. He's <laughs> crazy, dude. Get over here, Nick. I'm here, dude. Relax a little bit. All right. I'm gonna start talking about you, and that always seems to calm him down like a baby and warm milk. You know, You've seen your sparkling blue eyes today. So he wants. Yes. To what will you guys be doing tonight after he stares into your eyes? Oh, I don't know. What do you think, Donnie? Probably making love. Oh, maybe so, dude. I don't know. We'll have to see. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, listen to this, dude. Uh, you guys know I'm a big fan of Paul Harvey, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, my father was a huge fan of Paul Harvey. And like uh, when I was looking to get into radio as a little kid, like he's one of the guys that I was like, oh, shit, I want to do that. And I saw the way that my dad responded to him uh, and he like intently listened. So I was like, oh. yeah, that's what I want, dude. I like that right there. I see. You know what my therapist would say? Nick is seeking his father's love by going into radio because he wanted to be the Paul Harvey in his dad's eyes. Hundred and, and she'd be correct, dude. I mean, as I think back on it, like, of course, I had other things like I wanted to make people laugh, you know, stuff like that. But I also I wanted that. I was I'm sorry. That. I'm just analyzing everything nowadays. well you're paying good money for it dude so thanks i appreciate it dude a little pro bono listen to this paul harvey was uh famous for a audio piece that he put together obviously decades ago paul harvey's no longer with us uh listen he have you ever heard of god made a farmer have you ever heard about it yes i have not no all right, it's a great piece of work, uh, and like I said, it's, I don't know, he did it years ago, but yeah. uh, I'll play... One of his little vignette story things? Not really. This is more of, a, it's almost like a spoken word, like a poem, but it was inspirational to a lot of people, and it's two minutes and 15 seconds long, so I'm not going to play the whole thing, because uh, you'll get the gist of it as I play a little bit of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, God made a farmer. God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. I need somebody with arms strong enough to wrestle a calf and yet gentle enough to deliver his own grandchild. Somebody to call hogs, tame cantankerous machinery, come home hungry, have to wait lunch until his wife's done feeding visiting ladies, then tell the ladies to be sure and come back real soon and mean it. So God made a farmer. Uh, As you can uh, probably imagine, like farmers across our country especially were like, thank you, sir. I mean, uh, they, they really liked it, right? I would say Paul Harvey has a hard on for farmers, not to overanalyze him, but boy, that's a, that's a lot of love he's throwing their way. I think he knows how important it is, dude. Without farmers, mm-hmm. we don't exist, right? It's uh, like trees. Uh, right. We don't breathe. We don't eat. And without so, government subsidies, farmers don't exist. So it's, it's, it all goes round and round. So. Totally. God made a farmer. <laughs> so uh, Paul Harvey is a famous piece of work, and I do uh, recommend uh, listening to the whole thing at some point in time. It's worthy of it. Does he blow uh, his load at some point? in the two minutes or uh may you mean literally yeah he sounds like he's jerking off oh wow <laughs> wow that's you're he's giving about, a lot of love to the farmers that's of course he is dude i mean this takes a hey, do you not agree that a farmer is a special breed of person i mean sure it, so God made a farmer, Steve. Yes. Uh, but an important piece of work uh to me and then I heard a remake of it the other oh. day. And oh, I wasn't uh, really into uh, it. So I'm going to give you I got the 99 problems, but a farmer ain't one. 
<laughs> yeah, well, that would be more interesting than what you're about to hear. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Hold on. I'm going to play this so I can stop it because <clears throat> I need to tell you um, it's a commercial. So there's video clips playing throughout it. Uh, obviously, you can't see them. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. But this is the new ad. And on June 14th, 1946, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God gave us Trump. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, fix this country, work all day, fight the Marxists, eat supper, then go to the Oval Office and stay past midnight at a meeting of the heads of state. So God made Trump. God had to have somebody willing to go into the den of vipers, call out the fake news for their tongues as sharp as a serpent's. The poison of vipers is on their lips and yet stop. So God made Trump. Uh, Obviously, that's blasphemy, dude, right? I mean, that is crazy. Is that like a a holograph of Paul Harvey uh, doing that? AI representing? I mean, what the? That's a good impersonation. That's what I have to say. It really is. And I mean, you know, the audio portion of it, too. I wish we could hear it without music because whoever produced it, they made it sound like Paul Harvey's, you know, a long time ago. They made it sound like the original, and it was a good impersonation. But my God. Please. Tell me he's getting sued by the estate of Paul Harvey for that. I mean, I don't think so. I'll tell you the video clips of it throughout are, you know, uh, a baby picture of Trump, a toddler, and then like him in the Oval Office and like, you know, him hugging the flag. Like it's just prop, it's a propaganda video. You say pure propaganda. And not to mention total baloney that he ever stayed up after midnight for any meeting ever at right. any point in his life. <laughs> no. And and I, I think that if anything, I, I think um, if anything, he's probably asleep by then. And because he only sleeps for a couple of hours. Right. Yeah. We know he only used to work a few hours a day. He had so much I, TV time and executive time. I mean, I, he didn't work at all. I mean, come right. on. He, he would he would go into the Oval Office and they we know that they would actually tell the briefers that you had to keep any briefing to one page and four bulleted points. That's it. And even the, then, he's he's falling asleep. Yeah. The American people uh, needed someone to eat Big Macs and type in all bold font. So God made Trump. So many Listen French fries. So if you want to go if you want to go with my theory that God doesn't exist, then if God made Trump for these things, you have to admit that that can't be real. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. Everyone's got a mistake every so often. I mean, yeah. there's, I mean, there's always a there's a bad car or two as a lemon that slips out of Detroit every so often. So yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it's like uh, God uh, was driving while he was making Trump, and someone stopped really fast in front of him. It just took right. his attention off the road for a second. God was binge drinking one night and decided to make. Sure. <laughs> someone what told God, uh, yeah. "You're not funny," and he was like, well, "Look at this," and he made. Trump. Yeah, uh, all you. Yeah. We, uh, I think, collectively here on the program, uh, we love the Lincoln Project, don't we? I mean, I love the Lincoln Project. Yeah. Bunch of conservatives that are anti-Trump and making really good videos and commercials against them. Really good advertisements. So God made Trump, and uh, then the Lincoln Project said, "Oh no, 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 no!" And on the eighth day, God looked down on His planned paradise and said, "I need a man to test the will and goodness of a free people." So God made a dictator. God said, I need a man who failed in everything but theft and broken promises to live in a golden palace and convince the poor he serves their needs. So God made a dictator. God said, 
I need a wicked man to lead the common folk with hatred and fear. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a corrupt man who is above the law and immune from justice. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a man who will use violence to seize power. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a man whose followers will call black white, call evil good, and call criminals hostages. So God made a dictator. God said, I need his political party to obey without question, and the press fear his wrath. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a cruel man who uses his power and position to punish and harm his opposition. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a man who breaks the faith of even his most godly followers and leads them to idolatry. Place him above me. So God made a dictator. Bring it home. And then God said, I sent this man to test you, and until you cast him down, you have failed. <laughs> Burn. So God made a dictator. Yes, he did. Uh, and, and keep in mind, uh, in this commercial, it's all Trump, you know, and mixed in every once in a while with Putin, uh, you know. Kim Jong Un is in there. I mean, anything you can think of as far as dictatorship. I think maybe Hitler's in there. I don't know. That's great. You know, one of my favorite parts about being a cord cutter that I stream all my shows now. I don't have to see any political ads. Really? Yeah, I don't see any ever. Oh, that's interesting, dude. I wonder why. Because there's no local advertising on streaming services. I mean, not 99% of them, anyways. And most of them I pay for ad free, anyways. So. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, most of it's propaganda, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they're preaching to their own choirs there. It would be nice to think the two ads would cancel each other out, but the the, the people that need to see the one will never see it from the Lincoln Project. You know that Trump just saw that, that you know, God made Trump and just had a raging boner and then probably shit his pants, dude. I mean, <laughs> with excitement. Uh, you know he loved that. This is Need to Know News. News you need to know. Start the news chant, please. Come on! News, 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 news! All right, here's an interesting uh, news story. Um, We have so much national news to draw our attention, as we talk about in the show all the time. But, you know, shows like Yellowstone or The Sopranos, they just remind me of all of these small-town shenanigans that go on all across this country that we probably never hear about because they're dwarfed in the news cycle. But, yeah, there's little corrupt circles in all uh, areas of this country pulling shit around and... I saw this story this week, and this just blows my mind. An entire town's newspapers were stolen on the day that it ran a story about a rape at the police chief's home. What? Yes, this is in, I may be pronouncing this wrong, (laughs) Ure, Colorado. Hundreds of copies of the local newspaper were stolen from all over town the day the paper published a story about an alleged rape that happened at the chief of police's house. Uh, The uh, publisher acknowledged (laughs) that the apparent theft of all of the papers in the entire town uh, encouraged them to connect dots on their own, is what he's saying to the readers. It's pretty a a quote here from the publisher. It's pretty clear that someone didn't want the community to read the news this week. I'll leave it up to you to draw your own conclusions on which story they didn't want you to read. Yeah, it's like I'll take your silence as an admission of guilt. You know, Uh, wow, dude, that is crazy. How many people live in that town? Uh, I mean, they only published hundreds of copies, so I'm guessing it's, uh, you know, thousands of people in the small town. But uh, the front page story was uh, titled Girl Rapes Occurred at Chief's House. So, in other words, this girl was uh, being interviewed, saying that these rapes were happening at the uh, chief of police's house. Uh, The horrific allegations of a 17-year-old girl who says she was repeatedly raped while at a party with the police chief's stepson and two other individuals in May of 2023. 
Uh, the teenager told investigators that the Ure police chief, Jeff Wood, and his family were uh, asleep upstairs at the time and that she was screaming and fighting back and that no one came downstairs to uh, help her. This is dark shit, dude. Right. I mean, talk about Yellowstone, Soprano style. Yeah. Action. Like, you're going to publish a story about my family. We're just going to steal every paper as if that would actually stop it from getting out because now it's getting more attention than it would have in the first place. But, uh, you know, if it's this small of a town, dude, uh, it would have been easier to go to the newspaper publication and tell them not to print it. You know, I mean, I mean, it's probably a guy named Ray printing these off in his basement. It's a small right. town. Yeah. There was another story a few months back where uh, a, a similar thing happened, where there was a damning story about to come out in a local paper, and the police department somehow got a search warrant to go and raid the offices of the newspaper, yes. and they confiscated all of this information and articles. That, I mean, thinking they would somehow get away with it. So this town just waited for it to be published, and then they stole all the newspapers. Wow. That is unbelievable, dude. And to cover up such a dark story, I mean... Uh, yeah, and it also goes to show you that not only are the police corrupt in this, but what else are they corrupt in now for the right. public to think about that, you know? Right. So, you know, Jason Aldean, try that in a small town. Where we're all good American people around here. Like, no, there's corruption and deceit and deception going on in every level from New York City to this small little town in Colorado. Yeah, no, that's just crazy. So, just so you know, I looked it up real quickly. The population of that city, uh, this town, as of 2021, was 923. Oh, so all oh, a thousand people. <laughs> wow. Nice yes. work. 923. Well, that's even dumber to think that in a town that small, you can somehow keep the story from getting out there simply by stealing every newspaper. Yeah. But what an old school uh, solution. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny, dude. Yeah, just go uh, be there at 4 a.m. Little Timmy gets in his car. Right. So, you know, some either the chief of police or one of the deputies. I mean, they were just going around town at 430 in the morning, just stealing newspapers like the Grinch, you know, the night before Christmas or something. Yeah. So funny. One of them is going to pop up somewhere. You know, this newspaper knows this happened now. Oh, and yeah. And they have they, copies at the newspaper. Yes. <laughs> right. I mean, come on. So, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's America for you. right there. That's cray cray. Do you have news you need to know? Like, need to know news? How about news you need to know? Do you feel like you need to know that? What if we could guarantee only news you need to know? You know, the need to know news. I think we might be on to something you need to know. Perhaps it's news. Let's see if we need to know it. You do need to know it, dude. That's what we do. Need to know news. Welcome to the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve Olabruski. Are you uh, getting a commission every time Need to Know News is said on the show? <laughs> oh, dude, I don't know. That was one, another one of those uh, stoner production sessions, you know. Uh, great story uh, about uh, Trump being in cognitive decline. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we all think that he's there, and now people are calling him out on it. He's starting to, uh, you know, talk about it at all his rallies and stuff like that. Uh, first sign that he may be in decline. Well, we've heard him call Biden Obama a lot. We heard him uh, talk about uh, World War II could happen. You know, uh, I, he's just he's not doing well. Yeah. Airports during the Revolutionary War. <laughs> yeah. All that, all that kind of stuff. So uh, he was on stage 
this is so crazy, dude. He was on stage in, I think it was in New Hampshire. But we're also going to place strong protections to stop banks and regulators from trying to debank you from your, you know, your, your political beliefs, what they do. They want to debank you, and we're going to debank. Think of this. They want to take away your rights. They want to take away your country. The things they're doing, all electric cars, give me a break. Dude, as soon as he makes a, a an error, I mean, what, are you going to debank me? Can you debank what I'm telling you right now? He meant to say something else, but he goes straight into that ruin your country. They're taking over country. Right. Never the same. Yeah, I would love to know the thoughts in his head where he realizes like you're saying something stupid or this isn't right. So he tries to pivot and distract. But yeah, it's like with his son, with the hair curdler thing. Like, what was he trying to say? What, what is he talking about? The banks are trying to take away our political opinions. Well, I, you know what? He, he went into it and he was talking about banking and then he said debanking and, uh, he couldn't get out of it. He could. He meant to say debunk, and he started. He said debank. He doesn't want anyone to ever know he's made an error. Right. So he tries he to catch himself, down. but he goes in. We're going to debank. Banks are debanking. We're going to debank. I mean, our political beliefs are going you know crazy. It doesn't even make sense at all. So he obviously is having a hard time. Did you? Uh, you, you think he was trying to say debunk? They're trying to debunk your political beliefs, or? No, he didn't bring that. Uh, he didn't bring the political beliefs. Listen to the beginning of it again. He didn't bring it up until he realized he misspoke, and then boom, veer off into. But we're also going to place strong protections to stop banks and regulators from trying to debank you from your, you know, your your political beliefs. What they do, they want to debank you, and we're going to debank. Think of this. You're what, going you to take bank, dude? Was he what talking about regulatory fees or something? I mean, where was he even thinking he was going with that? We're trying have, to stop banks from what? Yeah, I don't know, dude. But we're going to debunk, or we're going to debank. They're going to debank. I mean, really, if you think about it, we're going to debank. So, Well, you, you know, I mean, I can guarantee you he's not speaking about things like that Bernie Sanders has spoken about in the past about mm. People in in urban areas, lower income people, not really having the means to 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 have bank accounts because of fees and that sort of thing. I can guarantee you, Trump was not proposing anything like that at all. Yeah. No, no. You remember Key and Peel? They had the bit about the Obama, you know, uh, anger translator. Yes. No, I don't remember that. Well, Obama was always famously so even tempered. So yeah. Key and Peel had this bit where Obama had an anger translator standing next to him. So Obama would say something smooth and easy, and then the anger translator would be like, "Yeah, you motherfuckers, this is what I'm saying." <laughs> you know, I want, I need a translator for Trump for his idiocy, for his senility settling in. Like, okay, he's talking about debanking, like. Can you tell me what he's actually trying to say? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm curious to know what in his brain he was trying to make a point on. And yet the buffoons clap along. Yeah, yeah the bank I have no idea what he's talking about, dude. Uh, here goes another uh, name gaffe by Donald Trump. By the way, they never report the crowd on January 6th. You know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley. You know they did you know they destroyed all of the information all of the evidence everything deleted and destroyed all of it all of it because of lots of things like Nikki Haley is in charge of security we offered her 10,000 people soldiers national guard whatever they want 
They turned it down. And let me tell you, everything Donald Trump's put up there is a lie. Yeah. Uh, he's getting conf- Nikki Haley confused with uh, uh, Nancy, Nancy Pelosi. Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi. But it's not even. Nancy Pelosi is not in charge of security, nor did they offer the National Guard or anything else. But no. he's been, he said Nikki Haley 17 times in that gaffe. Like, he had no idea that he was talking about the totally wrong person. No. Saying nope. the wrong name. And when he does it, dude, don't you think it sounds like a, a computer that's working and start skipping by the way they right. never report the crowd on january 6th you know nikki haley nikki wow. haley nikki haley nikki nikki yeah it's a record scratching on the <laughs> right. i mean geez he is so desperate to connect anyone he does not like to nefarious activities that he can't even keep it straight in his own mind Glad you brought that up, Steve, because on our last clip, uh, I will tell you that uh, someone uh, thought, oh, it'd be a good idea to ask uh, uh, Donald Trump about he's been picking up this old Barack Hussein Obama again. And uh, now he's done that with Nikki Haley. He's calling her Nimrod, obviously. So someone uh, asked really about uh why why do you call people names like that points back to you praising her and now she says that you're using a nickname based on her uh given name nimrata you called her nimbra in a post the other day why do you do that i do that with a lot of people like hutchinson i mean he was polling at zero for about one year and i called him rather than asa i called him ada hutchinson and it just felt good to me and with her, it's just something that came. It's a little bit of a takeoff on her name, you know, her name, wherever she may come from. But uh, it's just what do you mean by that? Takeoff. What do you mean? Uh, it's a little bit of a takeoff. I look at her name. I look at a lot of people. You know, I do a lot of uh, names for people like Pocahontas. Uh, she said, my mother said I look like an Indian. So I started calling her Pocahontas. Some people say I'm very good at that, but uh, I can't get into too many because many of those people that I named like that are Republicans. And we don't want to bring that up. But. Uh, no, it's just uh, it's a takeoff. I have fun with it. And sometimes, to tell you the truth, it's a uh, very effective tool. Uh, he's talking about it like it's a hobby. People say I'm very good at it. You know, well, it's just something I like to do. Well, did, did, did you just pick up on, on he just called her Pocahontas and said that she looked like an Indian. Yeah. Well, she first of all, from... he's talking about Elizabeth. Elizabeth Warren is the one he dubbed Pocahontas. No, 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 no. That's the, that, keeping that's, his slur straight. No, no, no. That's that's the problem. Is that now Trumpers themselves actually are calling Nikki Haley Pocahontas because they say she's Indian. They don't. They, I'm, I've oh seen this, gosh, I'm this on on Twitter all day today. Wow. Yeah, listen, that is what schoolyard bullies do. Try to make up some derogatory nickname based on something they think will hurt you. Completely. So it, it's not clever. It shows what a juvenile bully you are, what a terrible human you are. And, you know, yeah, negative branding works. So I get that, you know, some of his flock jump on top of these things, like Brewski's saying, like, you know, sure. But that's nothing to be proud of, you fucktard. No, and he does. He just talks about it like, you know, yes, you're not brilliant. I mean, these are elementary names at the very best. You're an idiot, dude. Get over here, Nick. No, dude, it's not my turn. Need to know news. News you need to know. It's time for another brewski. This one is a crazy brewski. Always. Okay, well, you know, sticking on that, let's talk about Nikki Haley. Uh, No, obviously. I like to refer to her by her given name, Nimrata. And the reason why I do that is because I think that she's tried to whitewash herself for a long time. And I get it. She was an Indian kid growing up in South Carolina and fitting in 
for any high school student is a big thing. Now, she graduated high school the same year I did, 1989. She benefited from her actual middle name being Nikki, N-I-K-K-I. When during that time, when I was in high school, there were a lot of girls named Nicole, and they all went by Nikki and spelled it that way. So it helped her out quite a bit. Yeah. Sure. Without, you know, I can understand what you're saying. Like, you know, high school is a tough time. She was trying to fit in. She was young. She wasn't a politician or anything then. But when you get older, you got to then own that the reason I had to do that stuff was because of the racism and sexism. And you know. Exactly. And she said, as we know earlier in the week, that America is not and has never been a racist country. <laughs> it's, okay? I mean, it's insane uh coming <laughs> from a little indian girl who changed her name to uh, you know uh, no, save she's just using herself. a middle name she's just yeah, coming from I mean, anyone yeah, who's yeah. paid attention for the last 200 years yeah well yeah that, so now we we know we know what the history of this country is we know about institutional racism within this country we know it's there so Ugh. now contrast that with what she said today to nbc news where she said that she was teased unmercifully when she was in school because she was brown-skinned and she knows that the pain of racism in the in america maybe she doesn't know what the word racism means well, <laughs> what is it is, is, is america not racist or is it racist I did mean, you we'll, we'll, see the whole thing with her speaking or did did you just see a I, saw, I saw a clip yes she i mean she did she went on she's playing both sides of the fence or trying to now because uh she went on to say like uh my mother when I was a little girl, told me that, you know, we do not live in a racist country. Does that mean there's not racist people living here? No. But I'm so glad my mother told me that because uh, I felt like I could be anything I wanted and do anything I wanted uh, in this country. I grew up to be president, probably. So we have racism in the country. Everyone's on my back because I said this is not a racist country. Yes. It wasn't. Oh, wow. So, yeah, she's definitely walking both sides of the fence. Well, and here's the thing. She knows about the racism in this country. You know what I uh, like to say is uh, this is profound, okay? (laughs) I I really want you to listen to it. All right, here, record. Go ahead. You have to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. (sighs) I thought about that. I made that up. You ever hear that? I mean, no, obviously, because I made it up last night. Right. I think it's a country song right there. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you got to stand for something, Nikki Haley, but maybe uh, she'll be able to just keep her base happy enough that they'll maybe vote for. I don't even know why she's running, dude, to be honest with you. Uh, Her base uh, obviously doesn't care about consistency, hypocrisy or anything else. So I think what she's really trying to do is she's preaching to her base, but then she's trying to set herself up for the general election to be like, no, I took down the Confederate flag. And yeah, I said there was racism in this country. Like no one will hold her accountable on that side. And that's under some delusion fantasy that she'll be the GOP uh, you know nominee which of yeah. course be. well I will say that there was a story out of Iowa and there's one that that was uh, come up in New Hampshire recently uh, saying that um, if Haley weren't the nominee uh, a large portion of Haley supporters would be uh, more prone to vote for Joe Biden because they are anti-Trump I yeah. heard that too yeah I heard a lot of voters uh, being interviewed in New Hampshire that, 
you know, and this is again where Republicans, if you could zoom out and see that you're shooting yourselves in the foot with Trump, you could actually win the White House in the fall because a lot of these New Hampshire voters were saying that they're so sick of Biden and Trump because they're just old and, you know, old school. We need fresh blood. So there were Democrats saying that if it was Haley versus Biden, they would vote for Haley just because they want someone new in there. My point is, Republicans could win the White House this coming fall if they picked almost anybody but Trump. And if they picked somebody more neutral, a Nikki Haley, a Chris Christie, they could absolutely defeat Biden. But they're too dumb to see the forest through the trees. Let's hope. I mean, let's hope that that's right, dude. I mean, my cousin uh, texted me. Uh, You know, we talk politics. She doesn't live in this state. She said, uh, do you honestly think that there's a shot that Trump will be president again? I was like, who am I to judge? Who am I to say, dude? I didn't think he would make it the first time, and he did. So there's a shot. Yeah, I mean, crazier things have happened. I hope to hell not, but yeah, maybe so. Yeah, my mom is just wigging out over all this stuff. You know, she's she's listening to you know liberal podcast all day long, and she's just getting oh so wound up about Trump. And when will we arrest this man already? Just get this over with. <laughs> yeah, I That'd get be patient, it, dude. That'd be yeah. patient, but. Yeah, I mean, this is a self-inflicted wound. I can see the train wreck unfolding in front of us that, you know, come this fall, if somehow he's even on the ballot, if he's not in jail, if he hasn't died already, if he's not senile, like, he's not winning. And they're just, it, this could un, this could implode on the Republicans in just a comically epic fashion where history will look back and go, you morons didn't see this coming? Like, right. how did you nominate him again? That defying normal logic, by the way, when you lose the presidency, then you're done. That's why we're not talking. Well, it'd be like us nominating Hillary Clinton again. Like, no, you lost. We're done with you. Yeah, right. We're not going to, we're not eat. We didn't get a doggy bag. All right. We didn't ask for a doggy bag. We're not eating leftovers here. All right. Yes. It's like the milk going bad and putting it in the fridge and hoping that maybe it'll turn good again in six months or six years. Like, no, yeah. it's done. It's sour. Be done. It's terrible, dude. It scares me all the time. Speaking of which, Steve, uh, how is your penis? I'm circumcised. I got my son circumcised. I'm not religious. <laughs> Thank you very much. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you this. We interrupt our program to bring you a special. Here is program. a news bulletin. We interrupt this program to bring you all the humanity and all the faith. which will live in infamy. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Need to know news. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, this is a fire. News you need to know. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Right. I will just say that long before artificial intelligence was a thing, this show was editing people out of context. <laughs> yes, that's true, dude. We, we started were. This, Yeah, right? we did, for sure. This is your fault, mainly. Proud <laughs> history. And, and we want everyone to know about that. So, that's right. All right. Is it me? Is that what we're mm-hmm. right? All right. I just thought we'd uh, make fun of Elon Musk real quick, because why not? He's done sure. so many stupid things. The latest. Apparently, uh, Elon Musk did not realize that certain parts of our country get cold in the winter. Right. Tesla owners run into battery charging trouble in Chicago's bitter cold. So, you know, Chicago and parts of the Midwest dipped into the negative numbers. And lo and behold, batteries don't do very well in cold weather. And there were entire Tesla charging parking lots just full of dead robot machines. They could not be charged because it was cold outside. It's so funny, dude, to think about this. You said, yes, sub-zero, right? I mean, uh, but here I am in Seattle, 
where we were, uh, you know, riding about 10 degrees overnight, positive 10 degrees, uh, and batteries weren't charging here. My ring doorbell was like, uh, if you run off battery, you're probably not, you're going to lose your device, you know, because batteries just don't work in cold temperatures. Uh, Sub-zero? They ain't going nowhere. They were plugging them in, and what happened? Nothing? They wouldn't take a charge. They either wouldn't take a charge or the batteries would deplete so quickly that it was completely useless to even be driving around like that. And yeah, so the genius Elon Musk never saw that coming, the cold weather. And, you know, I, I, I hear a lot of people bashing on electric vehicles for stupid reasons, but this is not a stupid reason. Parts of the country do get cold. (laughs) I grew up in Michigan. Yeah, negative temps do happen. I understand it's not year round, but if this is the future of vehicles, this seems like a problem we probably need to get figured out. Yeah, jump on it, Elon. Uh, get off Twitter for or X for a minute and uh, stop spreading Nazi propaganda. And uh, you know, work on these batteries, dude. Come on. Yeah, the the guy cannot take his foot out of his mouth. I I, I find it a little comical, you know, that he's just destroying Twitter X thing is comical to me. But you know, I want electric vehicles to do well, so this is something that should have been you know seen coming and uh, averted. I have seen two cyber trucks in my town recently. Both times when I'm driving down the road, I just I flick them off because I'm just so disgusted <laughs> that you've gone out and bought the most expensive, oh. dumbest truck on the planet that's so getting stuck stupid. in two inches of snow. They yeah. can't haul anything, and that yeah, if it's cold out, your battery can't even be charged. So ugly, dude. I hate that truck, and I don't. I'm with you. Uh, people were laughing at Elon Musk for this and saying, well, "We don't even respect you anymore." He made comment. Hey, keep laughing. Keep laughing. Real funny, huh? If any one of you doesn't respect me, you'd have a big dump in your pants. Oh, <laughs> the dump truck. That's how we're Oh, boy. Well, I was on X the other day and Musk, again, he's in charge of a media platform and you have to be careful not to offend advertisers as he's been figuring out. And as I figured out years ago in the world of radio, if you're going to run a radio station, you can't risk offending people because you can lose advertisers. That means you lose revenue. That means you have to lay off employees. I mean, it's a whole ripple effect. So you got to be smart enough as the boss to not put your foot in your mouth like that. And he hasn't figured it out. But I was on there the other day. He shared a straight up pornographic image that I stared at for 30, 40 seconds because it was kind of hot. But I was just thinking, like, he thought this was a good idea to share. It was a picture. I don't even know what the joke was, but it was a guy laying in bed naked with a laptop in front of his junk. And on the other side of the laptop was a woman in reverse cowgirl position. And you could see the side of her breast and she was, you know, she was riding the guy. But there was some image on the screen that I guess was meant to be the joke that the guy was paying attention to his laptop and not the woman riding his junk. But I just felt like you're the head of a company, a (laughs) multi-zillionaire, and you think sharing a a porno image is it's funny ha 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 locker room humor like shows dude that he's just lost all sense of reality of you know what's what's right and what's wrong what's up what's down yeah because when you're that rich you just think that there are no consequences you can say and do whatever you please so are you done with them then well i mean i guess we're still on twitter but um i don't know i've still not updated my app by the way on my phone it still says twitter so I'm going to for as long like as I can. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, you like your support, dude. Need to know news. News you need to know. It's Johnny Gilbert. Thank you, Johnny. 
Uh, hey, uh, let's end the uh, news segment with this. Uh, maybe someone else should step up and run for president here to lead this nation. The leader of the free world. You know, maybe we should have someone else. Uh, how about uh, someone who owns the Dallas Mavericks? You kind of would like to be the president of the United States. No, that's if not you, what I said. If you could. That's not what I said. I said I'm considering it. Um, I think that given the circumstances, there's a unique opportunity for somebody like me who's independent, who's not affiliated with a party in any way. I haven't given money to a politician since 2002. And I think that people are looking for an independent voice, a real independent voice that at least has an inkling of what they're talking about. If you ran, you would run as a Democrat? No, absolutely not. As an independent? Potentially. And I'd say... Or as a Republican? Republican before Democrat, most likely independent, because I think there's an incremental value for setting up an independent candidacy. Now, I understand the difficulties of that and the challenges of that from an infrastructure perspective, but the positives for doing it as a Republican means you get to go head on with Trump right in the primaries. And so there's nothing I'd have more fun doing. The benefit of being an independent is you go right to the golden ticket time, right? And if I get enough support in the polls, then I get to participate with the debates, which is right up there with something. I think you're, you're, you really are considering and thinking about well, no, it. No, I'm, I'm considering, obviously considering. Uh, I'd like to see that happen. Listen, I would like to see um, someone like him or any independent you know, person that really wants to be an independent, but you've got to get on one of the two parties. You cannot run as an independent. And if you're going to, you better have started that shit two years ago yeah. because you're just going to spoil the election like Ross Perot, like Ralph Nader. Like you, 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 you can be an independent and be a Republican or a Democrat, and you can li- help lead the party in that direction. But we do have a two-party system. You do have to co-opt one of the parties like Trump did by the way yeah i think you're going to win a national election so i would be all for someone you know i think cubans is a, a smart guy and all that but whether it's him or another just unifying force which is why i've said before that trump could have been the greatest president ever because he could have stepped up and said hey listen i'm not actually a republican or a democrat i'm here to unify you know i ran on this ticket and now i'm in the white house but Enough, enough, everyone. We got to divide. We got to unite this country instead of divide it. He could have done that, but of course, his ego never would let him. So, could a Cuban uh, do it? Yeah, but you got to run on one of the tickets. And then maybe you, we see the mistake in that because uh, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy was kind of that person, right? It, it was trying to. Because that 15 minutes of fame is over. We'll never hear from yeah. that. Guy <laughs> you wonder if we will. Do you think he's well, done and out? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But did, did you see, by the way, that Vivek said that he was shocked and surprised that he kept getting told at every event where he where he went to that um, Republican voters wouldn't vote for him because of his weird name and the fact that he was dark skinned? He, he was said, surprised? He, he, he said, I was shocked. He said, I didn't think Republican voters would, 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 uh, would do that sort of thing. But he was told <laughs> so many times. This wow. is how delusional he was. Wow. Yeah. 
as Trump's out making fun of Nikki Haley for her ethnicity, he thought, no, that would never happen to me. You didn't think after you've seen Trump for years say Barack Hussein Obama, you know, like you didn't didn't set it in with you. That's crazy. Your relatives are poisoning the blood of our country. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, Mark Cuban, I mean, that's the guy that, uh, you know, I mean, if we're if this is what our country has become a reality show, uh, you know, completely. Completely. Who do we pick? Uh, you know, Mark Cuban. Who else could play this game? Yeah, listen, I'll vote for The Rock or somebody if he's going to actually. Leonardo like, DiCaprio. I mean, come on. But but the thing about Mark Cuban, though, at least if you look at, at the things that he's tweeted, and he's actually gotten into some really heated discussions with people about DEI initiatives. And the thing about it is, is that he doesn't name call or anything like that. Right. He has very sound arguments. He's and, intelligent. And, yeah, exactly. He's so, created this whole. Uh, have you read anything about that pharmacy that he started? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trying to do uh, low cost prescription drugs, and, and he's doing it right it. now. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, uh, it, more drugs added to the system all the time that you can. You know, life saving medication that you can get uh, at major discounts. So. Yeah, I could see a guy like Mark Cuban doing things. Yeah, but you, did you hear him turn his nose up? It was pretty bad. As de- oh, would you run as a Democrat? No. Yeah. No, 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 no. That stings a little, Cuban, but that's all right. Come when did on. the Mavericks win a title last? Tell me. Anyone? We, uh, within the past <laughs> six years. It's ancient history. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, listen. If somebody like Cuban wants to be an actual patriot, they will run this fall as a Republican solely to spoil Trump's chance of winning. That's Ugh. what we need someone to step up and do. And Mitt Romney flirted with that idea, but I think he just did it to have a good sound you know, drop in the news. But if someone yeah. did that, that would be a freaking patriot, and that would be doing us all a favor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good analysis. Uh, that's a fact. It is uh, the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve, all a brewski. It's a podcast. Uh, we do a couple of them each and every week, and we thank you for tuning in to this one. You're welcome. <laughs> I am. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Uh, find us on the website, thevocalminority.net. Find the social medias. And we're swearing now, so uh, we're naughty. It's oh. something your parents wouldn't approve of. This is a taboo. Yeah, Brewski. Go fuck yourself and say goodbye. Oh, fuck off already. And we say bye-bye. Test one, two. Test one, two. Stop. I-